Did you listen to, <laughs> to the, the unreleased track? No, let's go listen to the unreleased track right now. You should absolutely listen to the unused music, which is not true anymore, but... Well, initially. Yeah, well, even even then, it's it's stretching it a bit because it wasn't the, the, the selection of music. It just wasn't in the actual game itself, which is kind of interesting. Like, it was in, like, the jukebox or whatever. Oh, yeah, it was in, like, the sound test. So, Gimmick, in general, had really good music. Yeah. It yeah, had, we'll talk... Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll like, let's not get it. into it too, too soon. I have started the recording, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we've started the Retro Breakdown yet. <laughs> but now that I've said the name of the podcast, we probably have. Sure, we can start it. It started. It started. I'm Wait, still listening to... Next? I'm still listening to the music. The, 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 the people probably have heard this track coming into it because i would say this is a strong contender for it doesn't matter if the music is something that people would recognize because nobody listening to this knows what gimmick is or does but they watched it at like gdq or something so they probably don't have like a strong uh it's definitely it's definitely on the obscure end of the nes library right well i i guess what i'm saying is that it's highly unlikely that somebody would hear a gimmick song and be like that's from gimmick yeah okay that's fair is 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 what i'm getting at so we can use music that's technically unreleased or unused because it is used now. Yeah. And I think this is a, the, the song is just a, it's just a real nice, real nice bop. It just sounds damn I'm gonna good. I'm going to download that and use that as the opening track. That's what I'm trying to say. Everyone, the people have heard it because you're talking about how you're listening to it. So they, they have heard it with us for one of the few times that that it somehow works out where we're like, hey, look at this photo we're not going to describe to you. Yeah, that does happen a lot. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Visual gags on an audio-only podcast. Well, you know, we, we try everything. Even, even actually, sometimes it's not even about trying it. Sometimes it's just for our benefit. <laughs> sometimes we're just lazy and we decide this is the easiest way to do this today. I, like, <laughs> how many times have we been like, oh yeah, we'll put that in the description. <laughs> sometimes I do. No, I know. Most of the I time, would, no. I would love to know how many times we've said that where it doesn't happen. It feels like we do it literally every week. <laughs> and I can, you know, I always write a description, but it's usually like a couple of days after we've recorded. So any, spe- and I don't take like specific notes when we say that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. What can you do? You know. So I downloaded Baldur's Gate 3, played it for an hour and 40 minutes and returned it. Really? Yeah, I knew I, I was pretty positive it wasn't going to be for me because I've tried playing Divinity Original Sin like five times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And each time, one time I got it for like, I, I played it for about 10 hours and I was like, God, I just don't like this. It's just, I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. And Baldur's Gate 3 is, you know, the new hotness. So I was like, well, yeah. I'll give it a try. And I had a friend who was going to play it with me. We were going to do co-op, but I was like, all right, well, let me, uh, let me, let me give it a go for a bit. And it's just, I, I am sure it's a good game. I'm I'm sure it's great for the people that like it. I it's just I don't maybe I don't know if it's just too tedious for me or I just don't jive with the 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 storytelling is is um it's kind of like grim dark you mm. know Witcher esque storytelling where you know like I mean one of the big selling points is sex with a bear yes like that was yeah so, I keep hearing about that so like in that that for me is an instant like instead of that being like oh that's funny it's more of like. Uh, I'm sure it's not done in a tasteful way where you're like having emotions and because I don't care about sex and games and movies. That's cool. But I like it. It would be nice if it wasn't 
Somehow, somehow sex in video games, the second the sex part happens, it's like written by a 15-year-old. Yeah, I like, know exactly what you mean. You have like these really cool deep storytelling moments and all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> there's a penis and boobies on screen. Yeah. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, why can't, like, you don't have to fuck on top, or geez, sorry, you don't have to have sex on top of a unicorn. Like, you can, you can just, you know make love you can be intimate it can be like a storytelling moment and that's a turn off for me like i don't i I don't i don't uh, it's not no i i get it like it so video games that involve that involve sex at all have long treated it like the reward for your actions and not just like another action yeah exactly and that's that is that that's that's that sucks yeah yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I totally get what you mean. But that, so that, that was my, that was my first knee jerk kind of like, eh, cause one of the big reveals for like the release trailer was like two minutes of them, you know, characters wooing each other. And then it zooms in on a squirrel who's watching it. And then he drops his nut and mm-hmm. makes like a f- staring face. Yeah. And, oh, I didn't realize the double entendre for a second there. Yep. Um, uh huh. <laughs> I noticed <laughs> it as soon as you said it. It's like, yep. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, that's so stupid. Like it, it, it's, it's, it, it sounds, I'm sure it's done better than this. Yes, yeah. But it's like the way you describe it where like it zooms into the squirrel off screen and the squirrel drops his nut. And I'm like, <laughs> this is literally the, this is the like peeing fountain in the God of War sex <laughs> minigame that like as things right in intensify off screen, it starts to just like spray erratically everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and that's that right there is what happens anytime sex happens in a video game. Yeah, and I don't, I don't get it. It's, it's not for me. And and you know what? If it is for you, that's cool because the game I am going to guess is awesome in terms of what you can do. But I, so the the reason I returned it has nothing to do with the sex stuff because I can just ignore it if I don't care, or I can just laugh or whatever. Or maybe sure. I can, you know. But the 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 turnoff mostly for me is just the the pacing of the game is too slow. I think I'm far too impatient to play a D and D based game. I, I think is ultimately the the core of it. Yeah, I'm familiar with the argument that you're making right now because it's one that I have made many, many, many times about Skyrim. Where sure, it's like, yeah. I can see the guts yeah. of a good game here and I understand what the appeal is and I know why the people who like this so much like it so much. Right, right. I it, I don't think it's for me and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that's, and honestly, good. Baldur's Gate would probably hit me exactly the same way. Yeah, which is too bad because I really want—I really want to like it. Like, there's so much there that I'm excited about when I was thinking about playing it, right? Because it's like 150 gigabytes, so there's like a four-hour time period between making the purchase and downloading it. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about, oh, I wonder. Like, I was watching a few streamers, which I don't usually do. I was like, oh, this could be cool. Then there's, during the stream, though, there's a few things that they were doing. There's like, uh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I had a few red flag moments because I started to have PTSD from Divinity and, and yeah. the stuff I didn't like about it. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. So I don't know. It's it's definitely, I am not trying to say that the game is bad. I'm not trying to say that the writing is bad. I'm not trying to say any of that stuff. It's just not if for anything, me. If I'm, anything, I'm very happy that it seems to be doing as well as it is. Yeah, hell yeah. And, well, and it sounds like the studio did a great job in terms of, like, it's a $60 video game in an era where they yep. could have charged 70 for sure. No problem. Yep, yep. Uh, there's no DLC planned at the moment. There's not some season pass. There's not even like buy a hat or any of that stuff. I suppose yeah. there's a collector or there's like a digital deluxe edition, but you would have gotten that for free if you pre-ordered it or bought the. Yeah, you know, the it beta probably comes with like years. the soundtrack or something. 
Yeah, and, I, and you get hats from you do get a hat. I lied. Yeah, I guess you technically get a hat from okay. There's Div- a hat. divinity, but it's it's that. That's it. It's just a it's just the, the digital deluxe edition. But that doesn't include a season pass, which is abnormal today. Yeah, for yeah. a game as big especially as this. for a game that is this big and has been in development for this long. Yeah, there's a ridiculous amount of money behind it. Obviously. Yeah. Well, and and you like you can just smell the the game publisher executives like wringing their hands about like, oh, my God, they're leaving so much money on the table. What's wrong with them? (laughs) But meanwhile, like the amount of goodwill that they're banking from their audience and the and the positive word of mouth that they are getting selling more copies from people who are like, hey, this game is great. And you and like in the year of our Lord, 2023, you can go buy a video game and have the video game. Right, and that's really – I mean, hell, I bought it, and I, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to like it. I mean, I returned it, but <laughs> – It makes me want to buy it and just like – and knowing that I probably won't play it just to support <laughs> – just to support that – like that style of just normal game selling – I don't think you have to worry about that because it had 800,000 concurrent players over the weekend. Yeah, my drop is not going to make a a big difference. Yeah, and that's before it's released on uh, PS5 and stuff. Right. So it will, the game is going to do extremely well and there'll be a lot more of it. And that's cool. I mean, I think it's fair to say if they don't sell another copy from here on, which obviously will not happen, they will sell more copies. But if they, like, if, if they already hit their peak, and didn't sell any more. And yeah, like let's say they sell, sell any more content only when would. there's a sale or something like that. Like they never make another full price purchase again. Yeah, or sale, but then they only get it when it's like you know fifty percent off. <laughs> yeah, just like with the with how much they've sold already to have eight hundred thousand concurrent players. Yeah, um, it's a success. Yeah, it's, it's a roar. I would say yes, and that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I, super I'd, happy for it. Yeah, uh, that's it. That was that was that. So the only thing that I've played beside that is stuff we're going to do for the podcast because we're going to we're going to. I also played play some stuff for the podcast. Yeah, I caught I caught up. To, I did the boss that you did um, in Oracle of Ages, which we'll talk about at a different a different time. Well, I also <laughs> oh, decided oh. to fire up the Pokemon trading card game last oh, night. Oh, that will be happening. Yes. Yes, of course. Um, oh, and I was going to just like play through the tutorial because despite having a big old binder of Pokemon cards in my closet that I've had since I was like 13. Yeah, I never learned how to play the Pokemon trading card game. Sure. Yeah, yeah. As an I've, actual game. It was always just collectibles for me. I bet you that's not as abnormal as that sounds or uncommon. A lot of people that I knew at the time did not know how to play. Right, exactly. But we were all teenagers, and the whole thing had just started, and the, you, there was a very specific set of rules and 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 you know a whole setup that you needed to actually like. People didn't have decks; they had you know the hollow foil Charizard. Yeah, I mean, I remember I played with a few friends that would make up rules as they played, depending on if they were winning or losing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I I play I started playing and was just going to go through the tutorial and like learn the rules and play a couple matches and ended up playing for like two or three hours. Yeah, whoops. So no, that that's pretty fun. Real, that game spoiler. I love that video game. I don't know if I'll still say that because I haven't played it in twenty years. I, yeah, I was gonna say twenty. It is years. like going on twenty five years old, and I 
feel like the TCG has probably changed a bit since then. Oh, it's it, the, the the version that we have in the Game Boy Color is is fairly simplistic in terms of mechanics. I yeah, I think, but it's got enough that's fun. And I just remember making some really. Well, dumb I just decks. mean like I don't think I could take a modern deck of cards and still know how to play. Oh, uh, well, maybe I really don't know. Like yeah. we may be like an entire generation beyond. Yeah, I have I have honest to God no idea. Like what mechanics have? Yeah, I really don't. Like this is the, I've learned to play this version specifically on the Game Boy, and I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, that was very fun. The, the Pokemon. It's it's always interesting. Nintendo directs. <laughs> they bring out the worst of everybody because. Everyone watches a direct and everyone's always furious. It doesn't matter what the direct yes. is. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It's just everyone's always pissed off because the thing that they want or there's not enough things or there's too many things or there's too many things of one type. Yeah. And it, it's maybe it's just because and, – and, and yeah, I suppose this is an old man yelling at clouds. But maybe it's just because I grew up where you know once a year we had a big drop where all the stuff came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so to get – like we could have that today. But people would be pissed if they didn't get game news for six months. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it, it feels like th these these events aren't exciting because there's there's stuff literally every day being announced to you. You know <laughs> what I kind of miss? What's that? And I, you know, I probably shouldn't say this as someone who works in game advertising now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's fine. All opinions are your own. Right. Of course. Um, I mean, like... Because we can't really go back to this, and I'm not saying we should. The era is different. <laughs> but, like, there is a certain nostalgia that I have for the method that you get. The method through which you get information about a game is by walking into your local Blockbuster and looking at the shelf and being like, what the hell is that? Yeah, yeah. So That I, wasn't there last week. What is that? That didn't happen to me a ton because I had the couple of gaming magazines, but it, you know what game it did happen to me with it was Final Fantasy Nine. <laughs> I walked, oh wow yeah my 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 mom went to we were in I think it was Media Play and it was on like the store shelves like in the front you know how they have like sometimes they had like a, a kiosk at the beginning which, yeah, yeah, where yeah. it would just sell like here's new releases and Final mm -hmm. Fantasy Nine I was, I was like whoa mom it's Final Fantasy Nine <laughs> that's so cool can I get it she's like yeah okay I guess and I was like oh my god so like that was. It's funny that it was a game that big in a yeah. series that I already sort of liked. Because, I mean, I, I've loved 7 a ton, and I thought 8 was okay. Um, but but 8 to, certainly was the game that came after 7. <laughs> yeah. I had much stronger opinions about it when I was younger, but... I yeah, think we I've, all did. <laughs> I've, I've learned to, you know... That that's a waste of energy. Also, yeah. it's not nearly as dumb as I thought it was. It's and, and in fact, I've talked about it before. I love the idea that Squall's dead. Then it becomes a really really exciting game, even though I know they've said that's not true. Yeah. Um, I but, mean, but, it, yeah. There's also other ways to interpret it where it's like, hey, just why don't you like just enjoy this story of this group of amnesia fail kids from an orphanage just stumbling through life together. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not, right? Like, ignorance is bliss. Cypher said it best. <laughs> they all get to discover their friendship every day. Yep. <laughs> and have relationships that maybe are inappropriate. Probably. <laughs> But yeah, that was, I loved that moment. That will always stick in my head as one of those, holy shit, Final Fantasy IX is out. It's on store shelves. And, and actually, it yeah. sticks in my memory even stronger than that because I got home and booted it up 
and the, the first disc uh, got hung up on the opening FMV. You know how like daggers on the boat and there's the or is there her mom? I get I don't remember. God, how is it? Who's on the boat? Is it isn't it her mom and she's like dropping off dagger when she's a wee baby, and they're going over all the water and stuff and it's like a big. I think so. I think that's the. I think that's the, yes. The, I think so. Um, Garnet, I suppose. Um, and I, yeah. And so the boat, like, there's one part where it goes over a huge wave, like white capped, and it's kind of floating in the air. The disc hung there, and I was like, <gasps> "What happened?" So I couldn't even. <laughs> that's like, great. So we had to go back the next day because the store had already closed or whatever. My mom was like, "We're not going to go back to the store now because <laughs> I've worked an entire day." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, okay. So we went the next day, and then I got a new copy, and then it all worked. So it's like one of those, you know, it's like a double memory, double, double stuck in there. <laughs> But the- I I had a I had a somewhat similar experience, but um, my disc got stuck during the ending cutscene <laughs> on disc four. <laughs> or Maybe three. three. Was it three? There's four discs. Okay, that's what I thought. It's it's I seven think? that has three discs. Yeah, seven has three. Eight. Eight and nine, I think both have four. Yeah, I don't remember if eight has four or not. I'm pretty sure it does. I feel like it does. Yeah, I'm very confident that it does because that was like the first 3D Final Fantasy that I played. So like that then was also the first four disc game that I played. Ah, okay. Yeah, I remember when I played seven and it had three discs and it was like, how does this work? (laughs) Yeah, I was also I was also a bit uh, confused about it. Also, I just pulled it off the shelf behind me and confirmed, yes, it, it does say I, four discs. I Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty positive it has four. Final Fantasy IX, it, it also sticks in my memory as the worst strategy guide of all time. Oh, yeah. Okay. The worst guide of all time because it was released in, was it 1999? So it was at like the height of the, you know, the, the dot-com bubble. And, yeah. Or well, I guess not the height, but like the the the. It was, it was in there. It was, it was in right there. in there, right? And so, uh, Square Enix and or Brady Games and Square Enix together and their infinite wisdom was like, what if we had people purchase a physical strategy guide, but hid the most important content on a website? <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, that that does harken back to that late '90s, early aughts era of like. We're not really sure how to incorporate this yet. Let, let me let me show we you. We know an image. it's important, but we don't really know how to like make it work properly. Um, uh, just just to you know share images and that don't make sense for people listening. Uh, I, I will I will describe them as best I can. <laughs> I'm sharing with you the cover of the Final Fantasy IX strategy guide, enhanced official. by PlayOnline.com. <laughs> yeah, enhanced is a way to put it. That's for sure. It, 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 you know, it enhanced it by having details like boss strategies. <laughs> this, you know what this is? What? This is, this is the physical strategy guide edition <laughs> of on-disc DLC. Yeah. Like, I, I guess you don't, you probably didn't have to pay for it by going online, but like. I don't know. I never used it. The, the strategy guide was good enough, and then I just used game FAQs for the other stuff. Because like, I, I, even then, even in 2000 or 1999 or whenever this was, I knew that the information on game FAQs was probably more accurate than like what was in strategy guides most of the time. Yeah, but it I, was I, getting to be about that point. But I liked, 
but I really liked the 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 physical book and it had the maps. I still had the maps and where to get treasure, so it wasn't a complete loss. Yeah, but like <laughs> Imagine <laughs> if it's like Okay, so you buy the game, right? <laughs> And it's like, this, so it happened, like, one of the ones that's most notorious for it is uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Okay. Oh, um, I do remember that. Where, like, they put out the game, and it's like, there's two or three DLC characters that are yeah. already done, and they're on the disc. <laughs> and they have been packaged into the original release, but you have to go online and buy them in order to unlock them on the disc <laughs> yeah yeah so this is like the version of that where it's like you've bought the physical strategy guide and now you have the book and the book just tells you to go to the website except it's even worse in a lot of ways because like 30 percent of america had internet <laughs> i that in the late 90s i think that's super generous yeah that, that's what i mean like it's it's that that yeah you're right that is generous so like <laughs> it's this guide that they created like under 50% of Americans have a high-speed internet now. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things that I, I, I didn't really appreciate just how stupid it was until later. Like, when I when I was thinking, you know, when you really think about it, because the guy does have some, it's not a complete wash here. Like, it's sure, not sure, terrible, sure. but it's not actually terrible. It's just, the idea of it is terrible. The principle of it is terrible. Right, 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 right. The, the, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Brady Games. At least you're not Prima Games, I suppose. Yeah. Man, the, the best I've always said it Prima, but I know what you're talking about. Uh, it might be Prima. I don't have a clue. Oh, this reminds me, actually. Oh, Prima uh, maybe Jesse, makes sense because it's like Premiere. Jesse uh, brought home a, uh, a paperback from uh, when she went down to um, she went down to Tennessee to bring our niece home. Yeah. Uh, last weekend. And uh, went on. Uh, her mom is a big garage sale, yard sale person. So, yes. Yeah. That's they went on. A, they went on a big thing for that. And she came home with a paperback um, called Zap Chomp Smash Score Beating the Top 16 Video Games. Wow. From what year? I will tell you what year. By telling you what it considers to be the top 16 video games. Fine, yes. Read me the list of that's 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 fine. Pac-Man. Excellent. Miss Pac-Man. Okay. <laughs> Defender. <laughs> Tempest. Centipede. Galaga. Asteroids. Stargate. Donkey Kong. Kicks. Scramble. Frogger. Star Castle. Well, I don't make know what that tracks? Is. Don't know what that is. That's tracks with an X. Oh, well, yeah, duh. Uh, Space Invaders and Galaxian. So it's basically every single year because these games are being, well, most of them are being <laughs> put into compilations monthly. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, fair. <laughs> um, copyright 1982. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty uh, tiny. Now, that is sounds silly, but it's actually amazing. No, it sounds pretty freaking cool that a book was made with that in the eighties, early eighties. Okay, there are like it's this is so freaking detailed. It's actually really wild. It, we've got like maps and diagrams of like 
like patterns that are laid out, like of like showing, how, the, of like how each game and how each stage works. Who wrote this? What do they have the author's name? Ken Uston. Ken Uston. How do you? How do they spell it? U S T O N. Okay, I was gonna put I N. An American strategist. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Wait, I wonder if this is the same person. Oh, he, he died shortly after. No. Oh, yeah. Professional gambler, writer. I wonder if this is him. He did a bunch. Of, yeah, he published in video games. He got hooked on games Pong and Breakout and Space Invaders. Apparently, he also wrote a book called Mastering Pac-Man. Oh, okay. This dude. So he, he, he did a bunch of gambling stuff, made a lot of money. Apparently, at one point in the early late 90s he bought a space invaders for their uh house that he bought after their blackjack team won a bunch of money um and learned a bunch of cool tricks so yeah it might be oh yeah mastering pac-man yeah he wrote it in four days <laughs> i mean there's not that much to it i guess well no but it sounds like the guy was you know one of those um yeah score beating the top 16 video games yep, 1982 <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the the poor dude died in eighty seven. He didn't he didn't get to see what games became. That's sad. I mean, you know, poor one out for Ken Us- Uston. Uston. <laughs> Uston. <laughs> I'm sending you pictures from oh, the inside oh. of it. Yes. Oh my god, this is awesome. Right? Yeah. So this makes sense if he if he had the money to just buy like arcade machines, then he played the hell out of them. Yeah. Or had access to arcade. And he's got them he was- all like. So if he's looking gambler. at it from the perspective of like a gambler, right? Yeah, that's what he's doing. Like right? he's yeah, looking yeah. for patterns. It's just, yeah, he's, exactly. he's basically using counting cards theory, but yes. for all these video games. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, he actually on, really neat. The dude was on sixty minutes. <laughs> oh, that's cool. He was the subject of a nineteen eighty one segment on sixty minutes, and he was on the History Channel's documentary, The Blackjack Man. So the 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 the, the dude made his rounds. Yeah, that's. I don't know. I think it's cool. That's, no, that's really cool. Like, I kind of scoffed at it at first because I thought it was going to be something we just, like, make fun of. And then I opened it up and I was like, yo, this is dope. No, that's awesome. This yeah. is really neat. I, I like the idea of someone who he so he he went to he went to Yale. He got an MBA from Harvard. And then he was like, I just want to gamble. <laughs> so we, then he's like, actually, I just want to play Pong and Pac-Man. <laughs> Like, dude, I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you one more page and he just has like, he is just drawing diagrams of the patterns that Galaga ships take in the bonus stages. (laughs) Oh, that's sick. That's so cool. It's just like, okay, here's wave five. Here's wave six. No, this is the, this is the coolest find ever. I mean, I, I, I suppose. like I, I'm super like legitimately impressed with it. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's man. I was going to I was getting excited again. I'm going to swear some more. But, you know, one I'm allowed one F word. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy three over the weekend and he could say one F word. That's a PG-13, right. That's how it works in a PG-13 movie. So it's yep. fine. And it wasn't said with too much anger, just a little bit. Then it's fine. Yeah. No, it was excitement. Excitement right. well, F words no, are it fine. Was, it was rude. It was definitely in a rude way with a little bit of spite, but not like anger, right? That's that's, that's, okay. that's, where, that's yeah, the that's line. That's fair. Because it was definitely said towards... You weren't cursing a person directly. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so so it's fine. Yeah. Um, totally I fine. don't remember where I was going with this. Oh, it's it's in an era where 
you know, you're you're not you're not just pulling up the the ROM, <laughs> right? Yeah, and like ripping the images or or even even the ability to somehow connect it to a computer and rip like tear it apart because you're an expert programmer, right? Like right, right, like, right. This is a this is a person who had the arcade game and probably took like. Either, either they – well, they, I'm going to guess they had an incredible sort of memory if they're also super good at gambling and stuff. So maybe they could like – you know, maybe they had some kind of photographic memory and or whatever. Clearly they had some like analytical ability. Yeah, yeah, to to a very high degree. Yes. And, and like he's playing the game and just memorizing the patterns then writing a book chapter on yeah. Space Invaders. That's awesome. That is yeah. way – that and is like, way – that's just super impressive. What you're getting at here too is like this is an era where like people didn't have – like this isn't something where you just download the ROM or just bring it home. No. Like, <laughs> My man is well, saving people quarters. He he brought it home. He, well, yeah, I'd be mean, like the people reading <laughs> no, the book did I, I not know, do that. I know, I know. I'm saying for the for the audience that for he's the writing home. this for, like yeah, he's literally saving user, people money. Not the home user, the the, the regular user, the, the yeah, arcade user. Thank you. Whatever arcade. What's an arcade? <laughs> Who even knows anymore? <laughs> Would you like to take a break and talk about gimmick? Yeah. Part two, cue the music. Phoenix Wright versus Sora, go. I wanted to say Phoenix Wright because I like Phoenix Wright more than Sora. But you don't walk away, right? You don't hear me say, baby, don't go. Listen, we can keep Phoenix and Utada Hikaru. (laughs) She doesn't have spiky hair. That's true. They actually... This happened a couple years ago. Utada Hikaru came out as non-binary. Oh, I didn't know that. It happened during Pride Month, and I, I saw a random video of it, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, cool. Yeah. It's, it's I, cool that they, people feel I'm assuming to, to, to be able to do that. What a, what a thing to have to actually say out loud, but... Yeah. Uh, I'm glad. That's awesome. Um, oh, God. Listen, Sora. like, did, like, let's not overcomplicate this. Swaggle specifically. Oh, I know, wrote I know, out I know. The first I know. thing to say, like, don't overcomplicate this. Just pick who you like best. I know. I, I, I think it's Phoenix Wright. I'm gonna have to say Phoenix Wright because you're over there, like, you know. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. When trying you to think walk about... away, you don't hear me say, and I'm like, objection. Exactly. This is true. It's because I'm not looking at it from a cultural standpoint or anything like that. I'm pure looking at it from my my Tom Day's enjoyment of of, yeah. of video games. And the best part of Kingdom Hearts is nothing to do with any of the original Kingdom Hearts characters. Yeah, like Sora <laughs> is arguably the worst part of Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I would say almost all of the Kingdom Hearts characters are the worst part of Kingdom Hearts. Because the best part is just seeing Disney characters doing things they shouldn't be doing. Like... I, I'll go so far as to say, like, some of the other original Kingdom Hearts characters are better and more interesting. Most of than them. Than Mary Sue Sora. Most of them. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, Phoenix, Phoenix, right, gets to say, because objection is, is, I, I, I love, I, I love the whole, I love the whole, uh, lawyering became a video game from Capcom. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, objection is, is, is too strong. It's too strong. Okay, Phoenix Wright. Did you ever go to Cat Bar? I did. I I got to go before it closed, and yeah, I yeah, ordered the the uh, uh, the objection food. Did he, did he say Igiati? Yeah. Well, in the end, they had it over the speakers, and we all had to yell objection with him. Um. Or well, 
my my server was like he clearly his english like wasn't amazing yeah and they were also doing a big monster hunter collab thing and i hadn't really played any monster hunter at the time so like the stuff that i ordered was sort of downplayed but like he still kind of did it up like he still like they had the the objection like kanji yeah in uh in i think it was in like nori in like seaweed i don't remember they, they they cut something. I don't even remember what the dish was. Yeah, because the big thing when I was there was absolutely <laughs> Monster Hunter. It, they were like all the like the themed beverages are all Monster Hunter yeah. themed. Oh man, when I was there, they had the they had the whole like it was a huge like barbecue grill set. Yes, yeah, that's some someone got that and they came out and they played the music and yep, and it was that was awesome. Like the 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 meats like on the spit. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was yeah. really cool. I like I almost ordered that even not knowing anything about Monster Hunter because <laughs> I was just like, that's so rad. <laughs> I was I was not hungry at all when we went because I had been like just snacking on a whole bunch of random stuff. I totally and, get it. And so when I was there, I, I got like the drink, like one of the Monster Hunter themed drinks because it was mm-hmm. super blue and cool looking. I don't remember what it tasted like even. And I don't I don't remember what food I got, but I got a simple food item that did not come with song and dance. And I was. Yeah. But, but the people I was with, because it was when I the first time I went with the um, uh, after the, the masters and it was with like a bunch of students and stuff. Yeah. Like it was for one of the classes for that. And the so we, it was a big group of people and other people ordered things that came with. Sure. A play <laughs> like yeah. cause the, the, the Phoenix Wright thing was like a whole it was like a whole bit. Where they had like a mini court case and we had to yell out different things. Oh, yeah. No, we didn't get that. I think we we went at a really like slow time or uh, something. Well, yeah, like there were only we had... a couple people in there. Okay. And like, but there were like a couple of like, there were a couple of theme things that happened and like little skits. Yeah. But they happened like across the room from us and I didn't know what they were related to. Yeah, I think we had the place to ourselves because there was like 20 of us. Right? Oh, yeah, that'll do it. 2025 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, then they so. can actually like, okay, it's it's a single group so we can get everyone involved. Right, yep. yep. And Jesse and I just went in as our own thing. So they that were makes sense. they like diverted their attention elsewhere. <laughs> and our server was fine, but like he was also like he was very understated, like he brought out the the Phoenix right thing and he just pointed out that the thing said Igiati and then he said objection. <laughs> In like a heavy, in like a heavy accent. That's, that's honestly, that's incredible. <laughs> and that it was like, that was so saying he like, it wasn't flashy, but like, he still like kind of performed everything we ordered. We ordered the, uh, they had like a, a, an Okami like strawberry milk that had like a cotton candy on the top of it or something. Oh, that sounds awesome. And he, he just like dropped it off and then howled. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's understated <laughs> excitement for 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 delivering food yeah is is still in that's in in many ways that's almost more memorable because it's just like you you cross that line where it's just a you know a regular restaurant where someone gives you food but then suddenly your server howls and you're like what the fuck yeah <laughs> that's that's fantastic i love it yeah so yeah phoenix Wright gets to get to move on yeah absolutely i i i 100 am behind this yeah me too Cool. What? Like, oh, no. Because the cool thing about this is that we don't have to condemn the entire franchise. Like Kingdom Kingdom Hearts still gets to stay around. It's just that we agree that Sora sucks. 
<laughs> we are condemned. Can't we just agree that Phoenix Wright is cool? <laughs> I mean, I think Sora sucks. I think everyone else in Kingdom Hearts <laughs> is cooler than Sora. And Sora is like the worst part of that story. <laughs> but yes. It's not, it's not his yeah. fault for how he's written. <laughs> well, you could say that about any fictional character. <laughs> yeah, I know. They are what they are, some of their parts. <laughs> he also... <sighs> he sucks in the bouncer, too. <laughs> that's, that's where I was going to go, is even his adult self sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we can we can reel it back and say, like, yes, it's just that, it's just that Phoenix is cool. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> oh, you know what else is cool? Gimmick no, was no, awesome. No, yeah, gimmick is not cool. Gimmick is freaking awesome. It's, wow. Gimmick is so rad. I gotta say, thanks to thanks to, to, to Brandon for ref- to saying, hey, you should play Euphoria. And then I'm saying it to you, and you're like, I want to play gimmick. And I was like, oh, yeah, gimmick. And then it's like, okay, we're playing gimmick now. It just, it reminded me of gimmick for some reason. Well, and it's I, the same company. Like, in, Makes sense. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they're both Um, Sunsoft. I I saw it, and then I just, like, discarded it. (laughs) And was like, yeah, but gimmick, though. Because this makes me think of gimmick. We should play that instead of this thing that you said. (laughs) Dude, gimmick, let me tell you something, first of all. So this was only released in Japan, and then for whatever reason had a, a small release in Scandinavia. Yeah. Because Scandinavia has good taste, apparently. I guess. And it was not released in America. However, EGM, Electronic Gaming Monthly, reviewed it. And I just want you to... I, I looked up the issue where they reviewed it, because I was kind of confused and why are they reviewing this game that was not released yeah. here. It uh, So... Let me just tell you some of the the reviews, okay? Oh, I'm looking at the scores right now, and I think five five four eight is yes. very telling. Would you like? Would you like to? What do you? Why do you think they gave them such low score? Because mind you, oh, anything- oh, I have a very strong idea. I have a very, very, very strong idea of why those scores are so low. Why? Because it's an NES game. No. It's way better than that, and it's the biggest. It's just such a slap in the face to the video game. Okay. Is it because it's too hard? It's because none of them played it. What? Except for the person that has an eight. Because here's what the four says. Mr. Gimmick is one of those games that the kiddies can relate to. The levels are nicely detailed for an NES game, but with only five levels, the variety just isn't there. A, there's seven levels. Uh, The music is kind of catchy, but wears thin after a while. No. No. The game plays rather well, however. The score would have been higher if it wasn't so easy. <laughs> oh, that's no, that no. <laughs> this guy didn't play it, or they, gal, they I don't did know. not play the video game. Uh Mr. Here's here's what one of the fives. Mr. Gimmick has a few cool options to the gameplay. And the cute theme will attract younger players. Okay. I can't get excited about moving a little booger around the screen, though. The graphics are okay, and the sound are decent or the sounds are decent but other than that the gameplay is very simple and needs more variety not bad but not great (laughs) i just want to say this is an nes game with like extreme physics manipulation physics based like (sighs) there's physics platforming and and yeah there's some problems whoops there's some problems with the game don't get me wrong i'm getting excited i'm moving my hands around here and 
these people are like, yeah, we need more variety in, 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 in the gameplay. It's also way too easy. Then the other five says, here's a game with a cool theme that could have been explored in a hundred different ways, whatever that means. Instead, it's a repetitive attempt at the action genre with uh, difficulty that is obviously geared to the Wii sprites. Kids' games don't have to be completely lacking, however, and more time could have been made, or more time could have made this one a winner. <laughs> oh my god, these they three, didn't play it! These three people didn't even put the game in the console. They did not put, then the eight, though, okay, he's like, okay, or she, okay, it looks cutesy and seems like a great game for a seven-year-old, but wait, instead you get a very challenging game that requires a great deal of technique. It starts off easy, but that is only practice. Get further into the game and you'll have quite a challenge. Uh, definitely a sleeper. Give this one a try. I think an 8 out of a 10 for an NES game in 1992 is extremely fair just because, you know, people want the new hotness. Yeah, sure. And so, you know, you can't give it a perfect score. Fine, whatever. But this person clearly played the video game. They definitely <laughs> played the video game. And the other pe the other three people watched the person who gave it an eight, like watched them play it <laughs> Just after, the first they level. after they'd practiced it for like for like 15 hours <laughs> yeah. and watch them go through the first level and we're like it needs more variety and it, it looks too cutesy oh this booger character like oh man i can't think of a more egm early 90s review than this dear god <laughs> but, but is i had there, is okay is there anything <laughs> is is there any singular phrase that you can hear like a video game reviewer or influencer or personality say, is there anything that makes them lose credibility faster than this game's for kids? No, it's my, it's the ultimate red flag for me. Yeah. It, and if anyone says, describe something as being kiddie, I mean, people usually describe the GameCube itself as being kiddie. And I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? The console is kiddie. <laughs> I don't understand that, but I mean, I'll I'm let all... Resident Evil Four know. But even before that existed, I didn't no, I understand know. what it meant. Like, like the the con like the shape of the console itself is like was for okay, children. So it's small and it's not either black or white. So children. therefore, it's a kitty design. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't gushing blood. I suppose. Uh, we were we were was. in the the era of edge. It's true. I mean, it's even true today too, though, because like I don't understand a lot of the oh the I like this phone because it looks way sleeker than this other phone as as a reason to spend two thousand dollars on it, right? Like so, there there is something to be said that I am ignorant of style yeah. and fashion. I'm well yeah. aware of this. I went out shopping today in in you know gym shorts and a anime t shirt as a almost forty year old man. Like I understand that I have no sense of fashion. <laughs> But I don't know what literally you literally walked the dog in exactly that outfit like an hour ago. <laughs> but I don't know what you mean when you're when you're when your uh, complaint about a video game is that it's kitty. Yeah, like, no, I don't. I don't understand. You have to use more words than that. You can say the difficulty lends itself, you know, yes. to us to, to for for someone who's not maybe as skilled at games. Fine. That's that's a reasonable thing to say. It is not reasonable to say that about gimmick. <laughs> yeah. No, gimmick listen, is I recently worked on a game in which the prevailing wisdom was, oh, yeah, this is clearly geared towards younger players because sure. it, you know, because of the characters involved, because there are adjustable difficulty settings where you like invincibility mode is just built into the basic 
into the basic mechanics. Uh, they've removed combat. They've made it so you only have to use a couple of buttons. Yep. Um, the, you know, the platforming is, like, relatively simple. Like, you you do have to do a couple of things with it, but there's, like, scaffolds for if you can't do those things. So it's, like, it's definitely geared towards, like, hey, you don't have, you can be younger and not, like, amazing at video games and still be able to get through this. Or you can play this, you know, your parents can play this with you. And you can each kind of have your own, you can each kind of have your own experience. Cause like there's, cha- there's some challenging bits, but then there's like, it's not too punishing yeah. if you can't make it through. Yeah. So like, those are reasons why a game can be like accessible, accessible <laughs> and like, <laughs> therefore reasonable for younger players. You can't just say it has colors, so it's for kids. <laughs> well, and also using it as a as a as a negative, right? Like, right, right. They're they're saying it because of this, because it's accessible to more people. It's somehow a bad thing, right? It's oh it's yeah, some... this game's for babies. <laughs> oh God, I I never understood. I remember having an argument with somebody in tenth grade math because they were talking about how GameCube's all kitty easy baby games, right? And I was like. Did you, he's like, yeah, I played Mario Sunshine. I was like, oh, yeah, did you get all the shines? He's like, no, I didn't bother. I just finished the game. I'm like, okay, so did you do all the stuff that was hard? Or did you just get the, like, 50 you need to finish the game? He's like, I didn't do any of the hard stuff. It's too easy. I'm like, ah! <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Gimmicks for children. <laughs> Words don't mean anything anymore. <laughs> No, like, I remember, like, it wasn't that long ago, and, like, I, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna go to bat for this game for reasons, but, like, I played a bunch of Overwatch when it came out. Yeah. And Overwatch was a very colorful, you know, like, animated, expressive game breaking out of the mold of gray and brown shooters. Sure. And there were people who looked at the fact that it was bright cut, like brighter colors and like a detailed color palette. And they were like games for babies, games for kids. I'm like, (laughs) dude, there's like a zillion pages of porn of it right now. It is not for kids. (laughs) That is not a good defense of something being for children. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Take that back. We are not going down that. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fair. But, but no, I get your point. Bringing I, I, it back to center, like, the point is, like, it, it, <laughs> the critique of, like, oh, this game's for kids, this game's for babies, so often just comes down to, like, well, it looks like it. it's not trying to strive for ultra-realism, and there's no blood in it. Right, yeah. There's no nudity, there's not saying any naughty words, whatever it is. And, and I mean... It's it's comical to say that he wouldn't want to control a booger where I bet you this person probably rated booger man highly. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, you're probably right. <laughs> because it's edgy and for teenagers when it oh, comes to Oh, that's down to, so frustrating to think about. Jesus in like a Christ. Year or two. <laughs> oh, I hate it. <laughs> but gimmick, holy crap, this game okay. So I, I I downloaded the ROM, and then since I knew the real version, like a remake existed, I felt kind of uh-huh. bad, and I just bought the one on Switch. So I ended up playing okay. the game on Switch. 
And let me tell you, I'm super, super duper glad I did because having Rewind Time made it playable for me because I'm a child, apparently. And that's what it means is that that's what, you know, being a kiddie game means that it's accessible to more people. And so the I loved having Rewind Time so much. Yeah, I bet. I loved it a ton. Especially since to get the last level and the true ending, you have to do all of the secret bonus challenge stages. Did you did you end up doing that each level and then beat the entire game without using a continue? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing you didn't do that. Sure didn't. Okay, I didn't even find most of the most of the challenge stages. Did you actually find one of them? I did. Which one did you find out of curiosity? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was like the third one. It was like a it was like a temple. It involved the solution that I had to find for it in this kitty game for kitty children. Yeah. Um, was to jump up, uh, charge a star because yes. you're in like a little you're in a oh, that uh, one. Yes. You're in like a little corridor. Mm-hmm. You jump up. um, Throw the star off the wall on your left, land on it, ride it down to the right, jump off of it before it gets to the bottom of the screen, and then land on the platform. And those are a bunch of inputs that have to be done in about a quarter of a second. Oh my god, this game is hard. <laughs> it is so hard! <laughs> it's awesome, though. Like, so, I don't... I, I've said it a million times, and I'll probably say it a million more times. I'm not a fan of super difficult games. I'm just... Right. It's not for me. And I, I was excited Valid. to play this game... And I was even more excited when I realized I could rewind time because like, awesome, I will 100% enjoy this and have fun playing it. And I yeah. did. And so I played the game once, got the ending where, uh, so, so basically the story is a kid is given a stuffed animal from, as a gift, it turns out the stuffed animal is actually a yokai. And uh, I guess it turns her other toys, bring, I, somehow her other toys get brought to life and kidnap yeah. her. And so her new yokai uh, booger friend, who has a name, I can't think of what it is. Uh, yeah, Yumetaro. Yumetaro? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, he, he, it, I don't know, um, has to go on an adventure to save, save, save their new friend. Right, yes. Um, and so the end of the game, you finish what you think is the final boss, it does some, some credit sequences, and then you see, see your little buddy thinking about the girl who's still kidnapped, you're like, oh, 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 yeah, I forgot that she was kidnapped, because that was... We were having such a good time, I forgot that a girl was kidnapped by her sentient toys, who were jealous. Yes. Uh, and so I was like, oh, huh, I guess there's a secret ending. So I looked up, oh, there's a secret ending. So I was like, cool, I'm just gonna play through all six stages again, and figure out where the things are. I was going along just fine. I missed a switch I had to get earlier in the stage. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's okay, I'll just die, and reset the stage, because when you die, you get to just continue back at the beginning of the stage. So then I finished that one, finished the rest of the game, and I still got the dream sequence thing or like the little thought bubble. I was like, what happened? It's like, oh, oh, you can't continue. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. <laughs> so I was going to play through it a third time because like, well, this is fun. But then I was like, you know, I'm just going to watch a video because I doubt it's worth going through all six stages again to just see the secret ending or the secret stage yeah. or whatever it is. Now, I'm not so sure after looking it up. Uh, I'm going to send you a screenshot of the final boss. Uh, again, multiple pictures. Here, here, here is the final boss. What? <laughs> you know, I admit I was gonna look this up and then I just didn't. Yeah, that's the final boss. The 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 you you get through the last stage, which is fairly simplistic for what the rest of the game had been asking for. Sure. And first, you fight some you know 
very human looking man in a or like kind of I don't know like a knight like one of the 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 uh you know the Templars in Final I'm, Fantasy I'm, I'm gonna be honest he looks like a common rider in a in a in a robe. yes yep that's what it yes yep uh then then he rips that off and he becomes just like a regular dude that does some sick acrobatics for the NES uh, they are fluid and I, I think like you sent me a still but I'm just like this sprite is so ridiculous ridiculously detailed <laughs> yeah that's why i said that the one where he's even, flipping <laughs> i i can't even fathom how amazing this this like animation must look and he's supposed to have a sword but it looks more like a conductor's baton yeah it's just like a stick <laughs> yeah and, and so you beat him and then you do get the true ending which is you you uh you rescue your friend from the room where she's kidnapped in um a giant or a the the floating platform that appears once you beat stage six I guess is powered by a blue orb crystal that then shatters and explodes for inexplicable reasons. Okay. You and the girl jump into uh, one of those windows that gets created. You're uh-huh. back in your room and you're just you're just you're just hugging your your yokai friend. And that's the end. Everything's fine. You wake up the next morning and go to school probably. Are we sure it's okay? Everything is fine. Okay. Uh, every everything is absolutely fine. Okay, I guess it's here, fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you everything's fine. You you know everything is fine because here is one of the last things you see. Everything's, uh, everything's cool. fine. <laughs> everything's fine. They're in the window. It's fine. Yeah, She's the, still in her pajamas. They're, they're overlooking the city, and it's like all the lights of the city are sparkling, and it's just saying thanks to everybody. Yeah. Um. So we had mentioned it earlier. There's a there's two buttons because it's an nes game one is jump the other is you press and hold it down and you create a star over your head and it takes like two seconds or so to make the star there's a there's a very very like decent amount of like startup time on it you cannot rapid fire it right and and it won't you can't shoot it again until that one disappears which can be problematic in certain instances where there are some some of the later stages are built around that being a problem Yes, exactly. And what's cool about this projectile is that it will kill things. It's not very strong, especially as you get going later on. It usually takes like two hits or more to kill sure. something. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's awesome is that it's a platform and this thing bounces. So you can like stand on it as as you were just talking about how you used it to get to a secret area uh, mm-hmm. of, of the stage. And you can control the, the, the speed at which the star is thrown to the ground by pressing down when you're throwing it. And that makes it like yeah. hit the ground harder. I think that's how it works anyways. At least that's what it felt like I was doing. Cause sometimes I couldn't figure it out at first. I was like, oh, it looks seems like I can control the force I think it with has which to I do throw with this the, down. I think it has to do with the arc of your jump as well. Yes, I thought that like if you throw it like closer to the ground, it'll bounce harder. But I, I didn't get a full oh, grasp maybe of that, that was either. It. That could be it. I'm not sure. So one of the secret areas that you have to get into, you have to make it bounce really high before you jump on it because there's a pipe in the top of the ceiling. That you have to get through, um, which you may remember seeing at some point because um, there was like two pipes, one in the bottom left. This is like in the fifth stage or so. Mm-hmm. And there was like a pipe in the bottom left and then a pipe in the top. And yep. to get to the pipe in the top, you got to throw your star, make it bounce higher than yep. you think, and then you can ride it up. And and there is – now, I will say the game does kind of feel like you're always on ice, which sort of sucks. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, no, I, you, you're not wrong. <laughs> which which is why I'm really glad I had rewind time, because I think the game, there there is some, out, like, that's why I think, like, a, a seven or an eight is honestly pretty fair for the yeah. feel of the game. Yes. Uh, and, like, if you're, if you're looking at the game just as, like, just core, 
mechanics and game feel and yes. sound and all of that, eight is totally fine. Because it you're right, it does have problems. Like I am blown away by it, by its ambition and the yes. fact that I don't think I've ever played a game that's quite like this. Well, and it's on the NES. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and well, that's what I mean by ambition. Like they pulled mm-hmm. some stuff off on this console. Like a like a thoroughly and functionally physics based platforming game yeah. that I did not think would be possible on this hardware. Yeah, it's it's un it's, it's unreal. Wild. Yeah, and so the 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 person behind it, like the main person behind it, uh, Tomomi Sakai, he mm-hmm. he was saying how, um, they, 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 I don't know why they didn't want to make stuff for Super Nintendo or why they were pushing to make things on the NES still. And maybe it's just because it's what they knew and they've been comfortable with it because they've been yeah. using it for so long. But they had to get a pretty big team together to get this game up and running because of the immense amount of programming it required to make it feel like this, This you know, to make this physics platformer a reality, which did not exist, I don't think, I like, mean, in I, this way. Again, like, I can't think of another game that... That works in this way where the physics, like, feel real. Yeah. Like, like, like momentum and slopes and like the, the angles that the stars bounce and, and like all of that stuff is like, yeah, no, that's exactly how that should work. Wow. (laughs) It, it must have been really difficult. it, it like sorry it, it's no, like ahead. it's it's one thing for those things to be in the game yes it's another thing for the game to be based around that mechanic functioning the way it does and work and work and the level design <laughs> actually rely on it and it feel good yeah yeah that's what really that's what really blows me away there are some instances where it doesn't feel good like okay the one i didn't like the water boss where like a crab comes out of the water and it's like it's on a constant slope and you have to throw your start oh yeah you like constantly have to like run back up the hill yeah because you are you are consistently sliding down into the water (laughs) i found that annoying but not necessarily in a bad way because i had rewind time so it didn't bug me too much sure 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 (laughs) but i feel like that would have been one of those frustrating moments but that's that to me is not a i am not a good judge of that because i don't you know live in that space of difficult games typically i do think that the bosses in general are awesome yeah yeah i i really loved the first boss like just the bomb like the black bomb thing i mean yeah. i know it's not a bomb but it kind of looks like a bomb yeah sure uh but but it, it the, must the been... one that really i don't think you were on the stream but the uh, i no, got really badly trolled by the chick <laughs> <laughs> what happened oh well like just like you, the mechanics you of it you up, mean you show up <laughs> and it's just like an egg right yeah yep and then it hatches and then it just kind of stares at you <laughs> yeah it does it doesn't it doesn't react it doesn't do anything it doesn't start attacking it doesn't start a phase it is completely reactive to your movements yep and i'm I'm sitting here like you know having played you know a, a veteran of undertale right <laughs> overthinking the situation where i'm like maybe we're friends maybe it's okay and i walk towards him and he walks back and i walk away from him and he walks towards me and he's like keeping that distance and I'm like, oh, he's really cute. Can we just like, I get, what I'm what I'm thinking deep down is like maybe you want there be a is trend. a route for peace, and maybe <laughs> what's going to really happen here is if I if I attack him, then he's going to like call down his his mom or something. No, these things kidnapped a young girl in her bedroom. There is no peace. 
And, like, what happened is, like, I eventually... I'm staring at it for, like, 30 seconds, right? Yeah, I can I can see it. I can see you doing it, yes. And then, like... I, I slowly walk up to it and eventually, like, corner it. Yeah. And then as soon as I get within a certain threshold, he, like, jumps over top of me and then crosses me up with some fire breath. And I had, like, one life, so he just kills me instantly. <laughs> and then he starts taunting. And I'm like, okay, no peace. No peace No here. bird friend today. <laughs> no. No, kill And it. then he proceeded to kill me for, like... 15 more lives yeah that was a hardcore fight it's so cool though <laughs> yeah it really is like it's like you expect an nes boss to just do the pattern then it does yeah right? and that's it and well that's it just part of, it just yep. has it just does a pattern and you learn the pattern and then you just you know and you figure out where to stand and when to attack and that's the fight mm -hmm. this boss is fully just AI reactive to your movements. Yeah, yeah. And that's, he is, that's... is counterattacking the entire time. It's yeah, it's awesome. Like he knows how to he knows when to jump over your stars. He knows when the stars are going to go over his head. It's honestly annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it actually is. But like it forces you to come up with more complex strategies than you would honestly think. So yeah. what I ended up doing is like I, I'd have to like force him into a pattern by, like, getting him to react in a way that I could predict. And so what I started doing is I would jump with a star and, then like, throw it low to get a low bounce out of it. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, that would sort of that would sort of come towards him, and sometimes it would hit him on the way up. He wouldn't get out of the way in time. But then he would, like, basically jump over top of me, and I knew that when he would do that, he's going to start shooting fire when he lands on the other side. So I learned the jump timing... Of, like, when he lands on the other side, that's when I have to jump because he's going to do the, the fire breath thing. Ah, yeah. And then while I'm doing that, I can charge up another star and maybe hit him again on the way down. Nice. And then we have to space back out and set it up again. But, like, that is such that is so much more thought and and setup and, like, strategy than you typically have to do in an NES action game. It mm -hmm. usually is just they're going to do the pattern and you just figure out how to react to it. Yeah. Yeah. Here it's like, no, the boss is going to react to you like actively. And it's your job to figure out like how to react to his reactions because <laughs> you can't just hit him. He's going to dodge everything he throws at you. So you have to get him into like a, a vulnerable state. It's freaking wild. This game's amazing. It's super amazing, and, and and that's what I was gonna say is that it must have been hard, you know, for for uh, Sakai to hear all these people saying it's not good, it's not this, because even Famitsu gave it a low score too. Yeah, which you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Famitsu like they didn't pay Famitsu enough for a good for a good <laughs> right, for a good right, rating, like right. straight but, up. And so it must have been like a real bummer to to hear all of this because he he had he had a joke in an interview uh, some ten years ago now where he was like, yeah, it just took you know, 10 years for people to to appreciate the game because now it's kind of like this cool game that people talk about. Yeah, as yeah, a, yeah. Oh my God, this existed then sort of moment. Yeah, right? it's definitely, it's definitely attained some sort of cult status at this point. Yeah, and, and, and deservedly so. Absolutely, yeah, and, and I guess Shigeru Miyamoto said something to him after the game came out being like, oh, I, I'm impressed with this game. Mm -hmm. Like, 
And so he said that that was a, you know, a welcome thing to hear because who wouldn't want to hear that? You're yeah, I action that's, platformer. A, that's a formative moment. <laughs> like, like hearing, hearing, you know, Mr. Mario say, hey, you know, your action platformer is good. <laughs> yeah. Made me think of some stuff. That's cool. So this, I, this is one of the more exciting games that we've played on the podcast. I, Just, I agree. Yeah. It was unexpected too. I didn't. I think that's part of why I. That's had so much why f- we had like no expectations going into it, and then yes. just like you start playing it, and your eyes just open. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like what, what? And I mean, come on. How often do I finish a game, realize there's something that I miss, and then be like, "Well, I'll just play it again." That yeah. doesn't happen that much in these types of games. Even I didn't do it. Now, granted, <laughs> I was on stream, and I was like, "Okay, we're gonna play this real quick, and then go into Oracle of Ages." So, like, I kind of had put myself on a time limit, but I yeah. absolutely could have played more. Yeah, the game is just fun to play. It's and, and super some, fun. Well, and, and what's interesting is sometimes when you play a game using things like rewind time or save states and you use them too much, it makes the game less fun because it kind of takes away from some of that. Like some of the exploration and joy of going overcoming obstacles and stuff. But it, I didn't feel that way when playing this game. I like, will say this in terms of like, because we always talk about like rewinding and save stating. Yeah, um, I was also playing it on an emulator, but however, um, I think it has unlimited continues. I do. I do think so, uh, because I used probably five or six of them. I think you can restart the stage. I think it has sort of the, the Ninja Gaiden approach. Yes. Yeah, Which, you have to restart the stage from the beginning, but the game gives you eight lives and checkpoints and checkpoints and. And the extra life system is pretty generous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so really, before you're using a continue, if you're making reasonable progress in this stage, you're probably having to lose like 10 or 11 lives. Yeah, because I, I, when, I, when I was playing, I didn't have a problem, you know, losing a life and having to redo stuff. I wasn't. Yeah. I guess I wasn't even abusing it as much as I did when I played other games because it was just fun to play this stage. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I just It just hit right, I guess. Yeah, it, it was no, just absolutely. the right like, game. There are the... some games where it's like, no, I don't like I'm fine to do this again. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like it. And I, I could feel myself getting better at like certain yeah, areas, certain platforming too. bits like like it was really rewarding to just kind of go through faster, go through smoother. Um, God, a speed run of this game. Yeah, I, I guess it was at GDQ and I, I did not know that. Uh and there, well, so the, what's cool in the remaster is it actually has speed run mode where it will yes. do your splits and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I that's, think that's super awesome. Cool. I love to see, uh, I love to see games like support, like have speed run support built into the, the game design. That's always yeah. super cool to me. Yeah, I'm, 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 this, this was a, and the, and the music, although I still wouldn't say it's super memorable. Like, I'm now, not going to hear I'm sitting too here many trying tracks. to remember a theme and I'm like I can't, but I remember thinking that the music was really good. Yeah, well, well since I played the since I played the, the remaster, the music that I liked a lot that's like well that's really good is the music that I had you listen to at the start which everyone's already heard now which was unused in the original game. Right. And then I was like, "Wow, that's really set the stage for me. That is some that is a cool track." Yeah. And yeah, that is really neat. Um yeah. It's it's definitely like it's weird that they didn't use it because it does feel like one of the better tracks on the soundtrack. But you know what? There's other good ones and you'll probably hear one here in a minute. Yeah. Or or now, I guess now. Gimmick's good. Play it. 